This episode of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast is brought to you by Palms and Parks. They are high-quality t-shirts and tank tops that have cool, fun designs that help show off your love for Disney in a unique and smart way. Visit them at palmsandparks.com and check out what their store has to offer. There's something there for everyone. Welcome, foolish listeners, to the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. I am your host, your show host. (laughs) Ah, is this show's time bar actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. There's no skip or rewind button. (laughs) Which offers this chilling challenge. To find... A way out! <laughs> of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Come on, everybody. Here we go! Where are you from? What's your name? Uh, uh, Aladdin. Aladdin! Hello, Aladdin. Nice to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, right. The poison. The poison for Cusco. The poison chosen specially to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. I'm bad! That's good. That will never be good, and that's not bad. Now help us out, pretty boy. Sorry. My hands are full. Some people are worth melting for. I know not who you are, nor how I came to find you. But may I just say... I It's called a hustle, sweetheart. means family. Families means nobody gets left behind. Or forgotten. You got the makings of greatness in you. There's your act of true love right there! Riding across a fjords like a valiant punch in reindeer king. Come on! Ha! Boom, baby! Thank you for joining us for episode 16 of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast on October 29th, 2018. My name is Bryce, and I'm here with Chris. Hi, man. Hey, what's up, dude? What's going on, buddy? Dude, it's been a week. I know. Had no Disney news. It's been a little crazy, right? I'm starved. Me too, buddy. We're going to get into it. Don't you worry. All right. (laughs) But anyway, guys, I appreciate you all listening. If you want to join our discussion, you can join us on Facebook. Just search the Nocturnal Disney Podcast and join our little group. You can email me at my new email, Bryce at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. That's B-R-I-C-E at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. And you can say something quick to me on Twitter at Disney Nocturnal. You can also find me on Instagram at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Nutcracker. We're going to be talking about Pinocchio, which... I didn't expect anything coming out of Pinocchio, so I'm interested to talk about that. We have some park news, okay. some rumors that we're going to get into. We have some resort information to talk about. I'm excited about that. Me too. And to wrap everything up, here at DigiFox Studios, we've produced something quite special for you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. But for right now, let's just get into it. Let's do it. All right. So, the first thing I want to talk about is the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. The what? Exactly. And that's exactly my point. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Disney is a company who, when they have faith and confidence in their movie, they're putting out their social media reviews three weeks early. They're putting out their actual reviews two weeks early. You can't escape their trailers. You can't. That that merchant, like, toys are already made. I mean, it's, it's insane. Exactly. Yet here we are just weeks away from the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about it. I forgot it was coming out. Yeah, it's their their campaign on this is terrible. And, and that kind of has to worry you about the movie. Well, and that was what I wanted to get into mm-hmm. because I don't think it's terrible. I think it is intentional. Really? I don't think, oh yeah, I don't think Disney has 
any any faith in this movie whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I think they're hiding the movie <laughs> yeah. because they are releasing the movie to critics one day before the movie yeah, that's... releases to the public. Now, granted, they did that with Venom, but with Disney, we're used to seeing that confidence. And that's the thing, you know, like they, they have no problem dropping stuff way in advance, like we were saying, having the critics look at it. Every Marvel movie, we know how great it is like a month before that thing comes out. Exactly. Here's the difference between The Nutcracker and Venom. You and I thought that when Venom was coming out, the reason they were holding off on the reviews was because, ah, maybe there's some massive spoiler. Maybe it kind of ties into the MCU in some way, right? As it turns out, no, that wasn't the case. Right. But then, if you look at the reviews for that movie, that movie is not universally loved. No. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Right, Klein right. enjoyed it. My freaking wife loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. But a lot of people don't like that movie. Mm-hmm. So for Sony to have hid Venom kind of makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. And I think that's what they're doing here with Nutcracker and the Four Realms, which makes me sad because it looks like an inventive idea. I mean, it looks interesting. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw the preview for it again today. I was watching YouTube, and it, you know, a little commercial just came up for it, and I said, "Okay, this movie," <laughs> you know, and I and I think Morgan Freeman's in it, so I'm like, "Oh, they have Morgan Freeman in it," and it's just so weird because there's clearly talent in the movie, you know, and it's a holiday movie. It's right, and the thing is, is like, we're this is the holidays, you know. You would think that this thing would be pushed to the point of exhaustion you know nauseating seeing this all the time dude i I have zero interest in seeing this movie i'm just gonna be honest me too me too and and the lack of their enthusiasm and showing it and and like you just said their confidence i didn't know they were gonna wait that long to show it to critics has me even more worried you know the last movie they did that with was a wrinkle in time yeah and nobody liked that movie. No one saw that movie. No, they did not. No. Not even the powerful mistress Oprah could bring people to the theaters for that one. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon <laughs> and I, I forgot who the other one was. Mindy Kaling. Yeah, they had star power there. and But that's another, yeah, that's another one they dropped the ball. Like, I remember seeing the previews for Granted, it didn't interest me at all. And I probably wouldn't see the movie if they praised it as the greatest movie on earth. Like, I mean, I had zero interest in watching it. But, yeah, that's another example of them not having faith in something. They kind of hide it a little bit. Exactly. Like, come check it out. And it's... And then it bombs. And it's the nutcracker in the four realms. You know what I'm saying? It's not a massive IP. So, no matter what is in this movie, there is not going to be anything even remotely close to a massive spoiler. No. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You can't even fall back on that. Maybe they're making the Nutcracker Universe, Bryce. <laughs> Nutcracker Cinematic Universe, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> Everyone... be taking on every holiday. <laughs> Finally get a reason to bring Jack Skellington back. Yeah, there you go. Dude, yeah, right. crossover. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Now, a movie I am kind of excited about, uh-huh. and it's in all technicality, this is not about Disney. The only reason I bring it up is because it is Pinocchio. And when you hear Pinocchio, that's the first thing you think of is Disney. Right. Not the evil fable that you heard. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. However, <laughs> I think that's what we're going to be getting. And I'm excited for it. Because Guillermo del Toro is going to be directing a stop-motion musical of Pinocchio. Stop-motion just... Look back. What have we had? I mean, claymation, which I don't really count as stop motion because it's a different medium. But yeah. you've had Coraline. You've had Paranorman. You've had The Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas. And These then the, the Kubo ones, and the... Oh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Two Strings, yeah. Which that had a Which leaning. was insane. Exactly. Yeah. They all have a tendency to be dark creepy, dark, dark movies. Yeah. And you got the master of horror in Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, buddy. I'm excited for this, dude. Me too. 
I think he's going to knock it out of the park because he they I think in the article it also talked about how he personally just loves that story. Yeah. So this is a passion project for him. And that's always what you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. No matter what, you're like, ah, oh, passion project, boom, perfect. Mm-hmm. Of course, we could get another Dungeons and Dragons, but nobody wants that yeah, at please, all. Yeah, please, no, please. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't really want to talk a whole lot about this. The other thing I did want to mention, though, is that it's coming to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It's coming to Netflix. That's and interesting. I think that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, you see what they do with the Marvel Netflix shows. You see what they've done with stuff like Stranger Things. They're not afraid to take something that could be viewed kind of as little kiddish, like a superhero show, mm-hmm. and just drop it in the dark end. Well, it's very creative friendly. That's what Netflix exactly. is known for. They can do whatever they want. I mean, and and that's what you kind of want to be known for, which is why you're going to draw that sort of talent like uh, Del Toro. And he just won an Oscar. Exactly. So, I mean, you got to think that that's a win. You know what I'm saying? Never a mistake to recruit talent. No, it's not. All right. The last thing I want to talk about, moving on from that, is John Williams. Mm-hmm. The guy is 82 years old. Yeah. And he's touring. Essentially, yeah. he's going around and doing shows at the London Symphonies. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. Guy ended up getting sick and he's in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's too bad. It is. But the guy's 82 years old. I mean, granted, he's not playing the instrument. And, and I think that should tell you a lot about the guy. Clearly, the guy is not lacking in, in, in financial resource. You know, right. the man is old. That tells you that he just loves this stuff. And yeah. why, when you think of composers, he's he's at the very top. Oh, King of, of the Hill. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, how many iconic iconic scores has he put out yeah you can't almost more than you can count and they're all the major ones exactly you know what i'm saying they're all the good ones they're all from the great movies of our of our past and we just love them exactly it's not an obscure movie like oh man yeah you know the movie's okay but the score is great Mm -hmm. no no it's jurassic park it's freaking indiana jones which i think is the bar me too jurassic park is the bar for me Gonna have a bunch of Star Wars fans coming after us, but I don't care. Because <laughs> Jurassic Park is the best. It's just so whimsical. It is. You know? Yeah. Like from the opening scene with the Universal logos turning around, you got that wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. It's so eerie. Beautifully like, done, Bruce. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but you know something interesting's coming. Yeah. It hooks you in. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that main theme going over, when they're flying over to the island, yeah, breathtaking. It is. It's I just one that, that they it may not have as much content as Star as Star Wars was because you know Star Wars you got what eight movies and soon to be nine movies exactly. But I mean, it's just Jurassic Park to me is so much more iconic. When I listen to it, it just takes me back to literally being like six or seven years old watching. Jurassic Park. Exactly. And that's exactly what you want it to do. So he's in the hospital. Is Did they say yep. what, what happened for what? They didn't. And, you know, 82 years old. The guy is up there. Yeah. You know, and he's out there touring around, continuously playing music. He's set to score the ninth episode of Star Wars. Yeah. How long do you think he keeps going? <sighs> do you think he completes Star Wars and then drops off entirely? Because after nine... He mm-hmm. said he's going to be stepping away from Star Wars. Period. Well, we don't know how serious this is, but if it is pretty serious, this just might be it for him. They might say, you know what, you might want to step back. And he honestly, he should. Selfishly, we're like, no, keep going until you, you know, you fall into that box. But that's not that's not what we want him to do, right? We would like him to go off gracefully and then kind of enjoy himself. Selfishly, we want him to continue, but I feel like number nine is his last, and it should be. Let it let it be. Let him go off into the sunset with the final trilogy. I think so too. Especially, or not the final trilogy, but with this last trilogy. Right, right. I think it's going to be his last one as well. Especially when you have somebody out there like Michael Giacchino, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and that was the other thing. John Williams is supposed to be doing music for Galaxy's Edge in the parks. Either. Yeah, with Michael Giacchino. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what made me think of it. But. 
you have Michael Giacchino who's able to mimic people's style. He's able to mimic what they do very, very well. Yeah. Because he did the last Jurassic World movies. Yeah, and they were good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think he's going to be done after episode nine. Yeah. I mean, I guess it all just depends on what what we hear coming out of this, you know, which we hope he gets well. Exactly. Get better, buddy. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. All right, Chris. Do you want to talk about possibly some fun speculation or some upsetting news first? <sighs> give me the give me the worst news, okay? That's just the type of guy I am. All right. I can Lay appreciate it on me. that. Lay it on me. They're putting Stitch's Great Escape back. as upsetting as that would be it's even worse back on October 16th Disney came out and said you know what we're not making enough money doing this the way that we're doing this with the park tickets Okay. so we're going to a date based pricing model the heck does that mean that means if you want to go to Disney say in the middle of September Mm -hmm. where truly nothing's going on except for the Food and Wine Festival, you're going to pay less money. Cool. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go, say, the day Star Wars opens, they're going to jack that price way up. Now, does this affect pass holders? Well, I mean, kind of, because that was the other part of the bad news. They've raised pass holder rates again, Uh which is annoying. Yeah. You know, I mean... They had one earlier this year. I've had a pass since 2010. I've come to expect that you're going to raise the prices on me once a year. It always sucks. It's always annoying. But whatever. Okay, fine. I've come to expect it. Whatever. Two in one year? That's excessive. Dude, they should. They, they must be really feeling it from that head-to-head battle of Fox. Or with Comcast, dude. Speaking for the of rise which, for Fox, man. Speaking of which, uh-huh. a couple weeks ago when we were talking about that, I said they spent one hundred and seventy-one billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. I was incorrect. They spent seventy-one <laughs> billion dollars. <laughs> My bad. Good on you, Brady. Correcting Thanks, yourself. Well, that's what I get for going back and listening to the my episodes. One hundred and seventy billion dollars is absurd. <laughs> what stupid money? I don't think that Disney has that right now. They don't. Yeah, but no. when you get up to that level of money, yeah, it's all yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true. So they're raising the prices. How much? Do they, do they say? So the way it's put out, it says that the prices are set in advance, but they're not going to fluctuate like airline prices. Okay. So my guess is what they're going to do, look back at, you know, past records and say, you know what? Our gate was going absolutely insane December 20th to the 25th. Mm-hmm. Let's make those dates $175 a day versus earlier in December, they'll be $85 a day. Yeah. You know what? And from a business, you know, view, it does kind of make sense though. I mean, it does. See, what what bothers me, though, is, is that are they going to apply these pri- prices to us pass holders, though? Like me and you, we have a pass holder. Now, if we decide to go like on a Star Wars day, we would have to pay more to get in. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I mean, we bought our pass and that's what it is. I was actually talking to somebody and they were telling me the way it looks, it almost looks like Disney's trying to phase out annual pass holders because they don't need them anymore because they were doing that to keep park attendance up. Yeah. Well, now, dude, one thing I've been complaining about for years, there is never a downtime in Disney World anymore. No. And there's really not. No. So if you don't need pass holders to boost your attendance. You don't need pass holders anymore. You don't need pass holders at all. And you're going to make more money off people who are coming there for a day buying a multi-day ticket versus an annual pass, my annual pass is 450 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, f- what would you do if they took away pass holders, though? Well, 
there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can complain about it, and yeah, it would be terrible because we live three hours away. Yeah, there are days that I'll wake up on a Saturday and be like, "Hey, babe, you, you want to go to Disney?" She's like, <laughs> "Yeah." Benefits of living in Florida. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, as of right now, I have an annual pass to Disney, and I have an annual pass to Universal. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I don't want to get rid of the Universal pass. No. I really like it. You would pick the Universal Pass over the Disney? No. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, if Disney does take away the annual pass... You're going to go with the Universal Pass. Well, sure. Because, I mean, that's the only pass I have available to me now, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I hope that this is not what ends up happening. Because it is really nice knowing, hey, I can go to Disney whenever I really want. Yeah, I I hope for Florida residents, they give us, you know, that little extra love, you know? Right. And I don't know that they would even get rid of annual pass entirely. True, I think that they don't think that they need them, but I think they're going to keep them around. But I think they're going to keep raising the prices to the point where, hey, if you want to pay that price, that's on you, but you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't know. This is very depressing news to me. <sighs> well, good job, dude. I told you it was bad news. <laughs> well, I'm happy I got it like right at the front. All right, give me some good news, bro. Well, and it's not even truly good news. Okay. Great. It's a good rumor. Great. What am I going to do with the rumor, Bryce? You can long for it. <laughs> you can pine for it. Yeah. Have you ever pined, Chris? I've pined. Have you pined? I haven't pined. You I don't even pine. know what pine is. <laughs> Toy Story Land came out earlier this year. Right. People like it. Yeah. People like it. I hear some crazy things like, it's, it's my new favorite it's, part of the of the parks, and you're like 50. L- listen, it's not bad, but not it, at all. I am not going on my way to go to Toy Story, though, either. Exactly. Star Wars is opening out in California in a couple months now. And, well, more than that, it's opening in summer of next year. Yeah, yeah. And then it's opening in fall here. I have been wanting a fourth Indiana Jones movie for so long. No, no, Chris. <laughs> we don't count the fourth one. This would be the fourth one. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, if we're living <laughs> in that reality, I'm all about that. <laughs> well, we could be living in a very interesting reality because... Disney, the rumor is, is trying to bring an Indiana Jones land to Hollywood Studios. And why not? Why not? They have the rights to it now, so I mean... Exactly, and they've done nothing with them, and it's killed me. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. As soon as they got Star Wars, I'm like, you know right off the bat they're going to go ahead and do some a, a new land, a new world, maybe even an entire new theme park, just based off yeah. of Star Wars, because how beloved that property is. And, you know, people were talking about, like, oh, Star Wars, Fifth Gate, Star Wars, Fifth Gate. What if they had done it to where there is a Fifth Gate and it's nothing but Lucas properties? Granted, I mean, (laughs) you have Star Wars and you have Indiana Jones. What's another land you could go into, right? Natural Born Killers, maybe? Yeah. Dude, I would have loved to see... A land based off that. It's kind of how I feel uh, Universal should do. Natural Born Killers? Oh, no, no, not the Natural Born <laughs> Killers. <laughs> I meant Star Wars as its own kind of property. You know what I'm saying? Their own, its own land, you know? the It's kind of how I feel that Universal is missing a massive opportunity with their Jurassic Park uh, line. I feel that Right now, you got two, and I'm sorry to go off Disney, but like we have two huge movies in Jurassic Park. Clearly, the love of dinosaurs is something that's never going to be extinct. So, what's going to happen is, is that you could make a massive park doing so many different stuff with the way animatronics is now. You can literally make a Jurassic Park, have rides based off that, roller coasters. You know, I think that, that it can sell. Again, 
I'm, I, I know nothing about theme parks. I know nothing about what people's interests are, but I, you know, I can see them doing that. But for, for Dis or for, yeah, Disney, I would have loved to see them do a complete star Wars land and an Indiana Jones thing kind of together. That would be pretty sweet. It would be. But they have the hotel, though, with Star Wars, too. So, I mean, it's almost going to be like Hollywood, like, slash Star Wars studios, you know? Yeah. Because you're going to have the you're going to have that hotel on the property. So it's going to open up right to Star Wars. That is going to be really cool. And I want to see how they integrate it into the park. Because is it just going to be this random building? No. And then look one way from the outside and look one way from inside the park? Could be kind of cool. The way they did with Tower of Terror in Morocco. Like if you look at Tower of Terror from Epcot, the spires from Tower of Terror look like they should be in Morocco. Mm. That's why it's that color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was cool. So are they going to integrate the back of the hotel into Star Wars land and then have the front of the hotel look different? I don't, I don't know, know, man. From the reports they were saying, it's going to be extremely immersive. So like, you're not going to be exactly. able to see out into Orlando. You're going to be in a spaceship, which is- I like that. Dude, that's so awesome. And then, you know, the idea of keeping you in that theme and you open up those doors to go to Star Wars land. That's your first thing. That's as immersive as it gets. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But getting back to Indiana Jones, <laughs> I feel like we went off on a completely different thing there. On a bit of a tangent, yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, yes, they definitely should do more than just that Indiana Jones stunt spectacular show. I agree, especially since out in California, they have the Indiana Jones ride, yep. which, granted, is essentially dinosaur, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. do you bring that back out over here and then you have a universal situation where you have you know Spider-Man and Transformers you have Fast and the Furious and Kong mm -hmm. two different parks two different rides eh, they're essentially the same ride do you do that? maybe maybe not I will say that is one of my biggest complaints about Universal I don't like that so I think that there is a lot you could do with an Indiana Jones property and an Indiana Jones land I think it would be cool if you do that, though, mm -hmm. because I can't even begin to fathom. Well, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't. I wouldn't think about doing just an Indiana Jones land by itself, because I don't know if it's that beloved for it to have like its own land. You know what I'm saying? So you don't think that they should do that? Like, if it was in connection to Star Wars, absolutely. It is. It's going into Hollywood Studios. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Allegedly, you know. Right, again, right, rumor. Right. But if you were going to do this, I cannot fathom a world in which you make Indiana Jones very kid-friendly, right? No. Like, you can't take the Indiana Jones theming and make a Toy Story land with Indiana Jones. So if that's the case, yeah, right, but I, you're going to have Star Wars, uh -huh. you're going to have Indiana Jones, and then you'd have essentially Hollywood Boulevard, which is... Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, mm -hmm. and then you have Toy Story Land. But I feel like, dude, kid, kids, it's that's perfectly fine, man. You want something for your kid to do. If your kid is too afraid for this stuff, then they shouldn't be watching Star Wars. I mean, like, come on. Star Wars is pretty freaking dark. You know, you got the Imperial March. You got Phasma randomly checking people out throughout the crowd. You got these Stormtroopers marching. I mean, I think they can handle it. You know, like, if they're seeing Star Wars and there's lots of dark Disney properties, I mean... Oh, sure. No, there are. And I don't think it's going to be... And the thing is, Indiana Jones isn't so insane. What are you talking about? Listen, the, the second, people melt, getting their faces melt off. In the second movie, <laughs> there was a little cult enslaving children, and every night they would watch another man get his heart ripped out of his chest. That is a dark movie. But he survived. No, he didn't. Well, that's until they burned him. <laughs> they didn't burn him. He would still be alive. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... Movies are PG, by the way. I know. It's crazy. Like, you have Magic Kingdom, which I love. It is 
clearly more of a younger skewing park, right? Then you have Animal Kingdom, which does skew fairly young. You know, you have a bunch of shows like the Festival of the Lion King. You have the Finding Nemo musical, which if you've never seen, go see that. It's fantastic. Then you have the odd ride there like Dinosaur and Everest. Then you have the Safari. It's not real action-packed. It's very Mm kid-friendly. Epcot is an atrocity for children. Yeah. I think it's going to be changing, Mm -hmm. and I think it's going to be a little bit more inviting to like a teenage crowd. Yeah. Once you get the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster open and all that kind of stuff, and then once they redo Spaceship Earth, I think that's going to draw in like a teenage crowd. Yeah. I really think Disney is going balls to the wall adult in Hollywood Studios. They already have a brewery in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that is distinctly not for children. Well, I mean, if there was a park that needed a little bit of a makeover, it was Hollywood. Absolutely. You know? Because, I mean, before. Toy Story and Star Wars, what you got? Yeah, you it had was you very... had the Indiana Jones show. You have the march, the march that Imperial March for Star Wars, and that little show. But that's nothing I really want to see. You know, I've seen it once, but it's not going to draw you. What else right. you got there? You have that Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But other than that, though, I mean, there's really not a whole lot. You had the the, the great movie big. ride. Which was terrible. Yeah, I was never a fan. Gosh, that ride. It was hard to go from the adrenaline rush of Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster to that crawl. It was really slow. Dude, that worst part was the end. When you had to sit there <laughs> you don't and like they the just blasted movies at me and I'm just like, can this be done? Like, <laughs> I'm just waiting to get off this bloody ride. I can't wait for the new Mickey Mouse ride. Took him long enough to realize, you know what, this mascot of ours needs a ride. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's kind of poetic that it's in the Chinese theater. Now we're waiting on a movie, Disney. Yeah, it's weird too, isn't it? It is. Also, I mean, if you had an Indiana Jones land, would they be having swastikas everywhere? I don't think so. Ah, are you checking in tonight? Welcome home. I really enjoy Coronado Springs. I know a lot of people don't really like that resort very much. I don't really get it. You know, it's quiet, so it's great for you when you're going back from the parks and you want to relax. I wouldn't know, but the place looks beautiful. It does. I mean, I've never stayed there. If anything, I wanted to go out there because I heard that they have a couple of restaurants in there that's pretty good, too. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting it changed up. Because Coronado Springs has been going through a massive renovation recently. Okay. Like, massive. And concept art, and granted, it's just concept art. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like when it's done. But Coronado Springs is the next Disney resort to get a giant tower. Um, I didn't think that it would be Coronado Springs. So when you mean tower, what, what kind of tower are you talking about? It's going to take over the current lobby right? It's still going to be where you go to check in. The lobby is two stories tall. The tower is 15 stories tall, and it has 545 guest rooms. Wow. It's massive. The thing has 50 suites. It is a big, big tower. And the concept art, oh my God. Looks cool. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's got this crazy, like, oval accents running down the side of it Mm -hmm. it looks really cool and if the concept art is anything to go by they are really changing coronado springs because it's white like i said the accents they're gold it looks like and it looks like they have accent lights in purple Hmm. which is interesting it's gonna give it more rich feel to it you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah the lobby like i said it's two stories tall and the entrance for this thing is gigantic I'm really interested to see how this thing ends because the concept art for it again is really cool looking 
So I'm just, and I'm always very interested in that kind of thing. Like I have a bunch of the Art of Disney books. Yeah, yeah. So like they have the Art of Wreck-It Ralph, the Art of Frozen, the Art Mm -hmm. of Tangled. And you see the character evolution from, hey, let's do a movie about Rapunzel. And then they draw a quick sketch to this is what the final character is going to look like. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's crazy. See the evolution of it growing and changing. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. Like, Wreck-It Ralph, to me, was just such a stark difference because it started out that Wreck-It Ralph was supposed to be a monster, which makes sense. But then in the end, he's just like this big, burly guy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I am going to be very interested to see where this building ends up. Because I want to see if it kind of follows the same wave, the same evolution, if you will, of the characters as this does. Yeah, well. So I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. That sounds interesting. Look forward to seeing what it actually looks like when it's built. Me too. And think about that for a second, dude. 545 guest rooms and 50 suites. So let's say minimum each room has two guests in it a night. Typically they don't. They typically have more. But you're expecting on a nightly basis to bring in 1,000 additional people. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's Disney, dude. It's Disney. It's busy. It's busy. It's busy. (laughs) It is busy. (laughs) Busy. It is busy. So, and as a business, you can't really fault them for wanting to do that. Just makes me sad because it's going to be crowded in the bloody parks again. <laughs> you know? It's always going to be crowded, Bryce. I know. I so know. depressing. It does make me sad. And now for this week's Hidden Mickey Hunt. Though this mouse to find won't take much might, simply walk through the doors, it's in your sight. Let the welcomes ring, Coronado Springs. Mickey's on the wall, a watch and light. The last thing I want to talk about tonight is the void. Okay. It's in Disney Springs. Have you ever been to it? No, I haven't. All right. Been wanting to. It's a VR experience. It's all based on Star Wars. It's really cool. You go in there, and it's all based on Rogue One, actually. No, the people that I've that I've talked to who've, you know, done it, they said it's awesome. I just haven't actually brought myself every time I go up there to go to to do the void, you know, in Disney Springs. It's thirty five bucks a person, and it's like a fifteen minute experience. You get all suited up, you put your VR goggles on. And you look around and you are in the world of Star Wars. That is awesome. And if I look at you, you look like a stormtrooper. Nice. And you can raise your hand and wave at me. I know I see your stormtrooper raise his hand and wave at me. <laughs> That's it's cool. It's crazy. Yeah, that is awesome. There's a part where you go in and you see and talk to K2SO. Yeah. Well, if you reach out and grab his hand, he's actually there. What? Yeah, like you can feel him and you can touch him. That's awesome. They have an R2-D2. Like it's really, really cool. It's mm-hmm. super immersive. You go out there. They give you guns that you can use. You got a battle. It is a great time. Who the heck wouldn't want to do that, man? Exactly. That sounds like a great time. Exactly, Chris. Get on it. Yeah. And you need to. Matter of fact... If you're not going soon, you won't be able to. How soon? Like soon, soon. Like how soon is soon, soon? <laughs> Go to now. <laughs> what now, then. We missed it. When? when? Just, Just now. now. Okay, my question to you is, will it be down by the time we go in a couple of weeks? Maybe. <laughs> that doesn't help, man. I know. Believe me, I'm frustrated too. Ugh. Because I thought I had time. Seriously, though, when you, me, and Kevin go, yeah, we need to go to Disney Springs and check it out to see if it's there. 
Because it very well might not be. Okay. Because Disney has announced that it will be changing this fall from Star Wars, wait for it, to Wreck-It Ralph. <sighs> it's like... <laughs> And like I don't know if I should like I was getting ready to yell at you and then I was like wait a minute I like Wreck-It Ralph exactly so yeah you know like I'm gonna be honest I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than I am of Wreck-It Ralph but that's not bad you know exactly and that's cool like I mean I wonder if you can get inside the candy carts or something like that that'd be awesome and that's the thing I don't know you well you have there's no way that they're gonna do that without having you get inside like a cart or something like that well. It's about a 15-minute experience. Okay. Okay? And all I can really go by is what the Star Wars one is. Mm-hmm. It's gunplay. You're on Mustafar, so you have a lava planet going on underneath you. When you walk outside, it feels hot. Like, you can feel the heat. It's really cool. Dude, we need to get to this. That's what I'm telling you, man. <sighs> all right. But Disney's website only says, coming this fall which is really aggravating because I want to go up there for when Wreck-It Ralph Breaks VR opens. That's what it's called, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks VR. That is awesome. I know. I like it. And I have a theory about this. Since Wreck-It Ralph is opening over Thanksgiving, I think Ralph Breaks VR... Is going to come out at the same time. Exact same time. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It really does. And it's supposed to be Mm cross-promotional because this isn't going to be here for very long because in 2019 it's going to change again Hmm. to a Marvel property that ties in with a movie. You know, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty awesome. So it's going to be, they're going to, a lot of their major properties might get that little VR experience. Well, you know what? So then you can assume that maybe, I mean, again, we don't know, but like next year is going to be awesome. Next fall, you got Star Wars opening up. Star or Star Wars Land, you got the Star Wars movie coming out next Christmas. This might be a good time to bring the Star Wars VR back and kind of make some changes with it. Sure. Tell a different story. Yeah. Go in a different direction. That would be cool. Here's the thing. They have announced that it's going to be a slate of five different VR experiences. Okay? So you'll have a library of six. You have, right now, Star Wars, Secrets of the Empire. That's the one that's going on right now. Fall coming up, Ralph Breaks VR. Mm -hmm. You have an untitled Marvel one coming out in the beginning parts of 2019. So now you have three other ones that are slated, and nobody knows what they are. I think that's really exciting. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm excited for it now. So, next year, right, we're getting Captain Marvel... Avengers 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. So then my question is, which one, which property do you think is going to get the VR experience? I feel like they're going to give it to Infinity, the uh, Avengers. Avengers 4. Clearly, right? R- right. But I mean, I, what I feel like you can make have a really good time with is Spider-Man. Be sweet being able to swing from the rooftops and stuff like that. Plus, since he's a Marvel property... You can have them running into the Avengers and Tony Stark and all of that. But that's actually my and argument. Venom just blindsides everybody. <laughs> Tom Hardy's there with Venom and he's like, what's up, guys? And see. <laughs> you look delicious. There you go. Hungry. <laughs> see, that's actually my argument for giving it to Avengers over Spider-Man. Avengers is going to be a worldwide situation, right? Right. Most likely it's going to involve time travel somehow. Most likely it's going to involve them going into space, coming back from space. There is a lot that you can do, especially with Avengers number four, speculation-wise anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put Spider-Man in it. Why would you limit yourself if you're the void right Mm -hmm. to a single hero like spider-man or captain marvel when you could use all of them from the avengers unless you wanted to tell 
a very specific and personal story for one of them. Mm-hmm. And if all of these are going to coincide with a movie, well, you'd have to assume that it would be either Captain Marvel or Spider-Man. Yeah. And of the two, I would think that it would be Spider-Man. Yeah, I would Unless so. they say Captain Marvel needs the boost. Yeah, I mean, she she flies around through space and stuff like that. I mean, exactly. that might be fun. Exactly. So, the point is, I am stupidly excited for this. Yeah, we got lots of good stuff coming. Oh, my God. I cannot The cool thing wait. about the Wreck-It Ralph I was just thinking about, I mean, you can, <laughs> it would be awesome to kind of get that helmet view that he has of the first one when he walks into bugs. What's that, that, what's that one video game where he's shooting bugs? Oh, my because you can duty. Because you can have. Well, what will be cool is I was thinking, yeah, the cart. But another cool thing that you can do with it is that you can ha- be like Ralph and be jumping in into all these properties. You can see Pac Man. You can see Moto, um Street Fighter. How cool would it be to kind of see that old classic Street Fighter look and you're like that character, you know, from just hopping to all these different video game properties. It would be pretty freaking cool. That'd be man. awesome. It would be really cool. And now, our feature presentation. So, for this week's feature presentation, we wanted to do something a little bit different, and I hope something very entertaining, because we have nine other episodes of these coming out. (laughs) We here at Digifox Studios thought it would be a lot of fun to make full-blown audio dramas out of the Grimm's Brothers stories, and that's exactly what we've done. The first episode is going to be coming out November 16th, and it's going to feature this story, Little Snow White. And as a tie-in, what we're going to do here next week on the Nocturnal Disney Show is me and Chris are going to review Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Not only do a movie review of it, but then also compare and contrast the Disney story to the real story. And without further ado, here's Little Snow White. I hope you enjoy it. We all know the story of the beautiful young maiden who is despised for her beauty by her stepmother, who just so happens to be the queen. Walt Disney loved the story of Snow White so much that he set out to make it his first feature-length animated film, and he succeeded in grand fashion. In taking a short story that can be read in about 20 minutes to a full 70 minutes long, Disney had to add quite a bit, but while he added things to the narrative to flesh it out, He also took things away to make it more child-friendly. The Grimm's brothers' fairy tales are grim to help teach a lesson. And tonight, we're going to read the legend of Little Snow White. Once upon a time in midwinter, when the snowflakes were falling like feathers from heaven, A queen sat sewing at her window, which had a frame of black ebony wood. As she sewed, she looked up at the snow and pricked her finger with the needle. Three drops of blood fell into the snow. The red on the white looked so beautiful that she thought to herself, If only I had a child as white as snow, as red as blood, and as black as the wood in this frame. Soon afterward, she had a little daughter who was as white as snow, as red as blood, as black as ebony wood, and therefore they called her Little Snow White. And as soon as the child was born, the queen died. A year later, the king took himself another wife. She was a beautiful woman, but she was proud and arrogant, and she could not stand it if anyone might surpass her in beauty. She had a magic mirror, Every morning she stood before it, looked at herself, and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? You, my queen, are fairest of all. Then she was satisfied, for she knew the mirror spoke the truth. Snow White grew up and became ever more beautiful. When she was seven years old, she was as beautiful as the light of day, even more beautiful than the queen herself. One day when the queen asked her mirror, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? 
You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but Snow White is a thousand times fairer than you. The queen took fright and turned yellow and green with envy. From that hour on, whenever she looked at Snow White, her heart turned over inside her body. So great was her hatred for the girl. The envy and pride grew ever greater, like a weed in her heart, until she had no peace day and night. Then she summoned a huntsman and said to him, Take Snow White out into the woods. I never want to see her again. Kill her, and as proof that she is dead, bring her lungs and her liver back to me. The huntsman obeyed and took Snow White into the woods. He took out his hunting knife and was about to stab it into her innocent heart when she began to cry, saying, Oh dear huntsman, let me live. I will run into the wild woods and never come back. Because she was so beautiful, the huntsman took pity on her and said, Run away, you poor child. He thought, the wild animals will soon devour you anyway. But still it was as if a stone had fallen from his heart, for he would not have to kill her. Just then a young boar came running by, he killed it, cut out its lungs and liver, and took them back to the queen as proof of Snow White's death. The cook had to boil them with salt, and the wicked woman ate them, supposing that she had eaten Snow White's lungs and liver. The poor child was now all alone in the great forest, and she was so afraid that she just looked at all the leaves on the trees and did not know what to do. Then she began to run. She ran over sharp stones and through thorns, and wild animals jumped at her, but they did her no harm. She ran as far as her feet could carry her, and just as evening was about to fall, she saw a little house and went inside in order to rest. Inside the house, everything was small, but so neat and clean that no one could say otherwise. There was a little table with a white tablecloth, and seven little plates, and each plate had a spoon. And there were seven knives, and forks, and seven mugs as well. Against the wall, there were seven little beds, all standing in a row and covered with snow-white sheets. Because she was so hungry and thirsty, Snow White ate a few vegetables and a little bread from each little plate and from each mug she drank a drop of wine. Afterward, because she was so tired, she lay down on a bed, but none of them felt right. One was too long, the other too short, until finally, the seventh one was just right. She remained lying in it, and trusted herself to God, and fell asleep. After dark, the masters of the house returned home. They were the seven dwarves who picked and dug for ore in the mountains. They lit their seven candles, and as soon as it was light in their house, they saw that someone had been there, for not everything was in the same order as they had left it. Who has been sitting in my chair? Who's been eating from my plate? Who's been eating my vegetables? Who's been sticking with my fork? Who's been drinking from my mug? Who's been eating my bread? Who's been cutting with my knife? Then the first one saw that there was a little imprint in his bed and said, Who stepped on my bed? Someone's been laying in Someone's mine as well. Someone's been laying in mine as well. But the seventh one, looking at his bed, found Snow White lying there asleep. The seven dwarves all came running up and they cried out with amazement. They fetched their seven candles and shone the light on Snow White. Oh good heaven! Oh good heaven! This child is so beautiful! They were so happy that they did not wake her up, but let her continue to sleep there in the bed. The seventh dwarf had to sleep with his companions, one hour with each one, and then the night was done. The next morning Snow White woke up, and when she saw the seven dwarves, she was frightened. But they were friendly and asked, What is your name? My name is Snow White. How did you find your way to our house? Then she told them that her stepmother had tried to kill her, that the huntsman had spared her life and that she had run the entire day, finally coming to their house. The dwarf said, If you will keep the house for us, and cook, make beds, wash, sew, and knit, and keep everything clean and orderly, then you can stay with us, and you shall have everything that you want. 
Yes, with all my heart. So she kept house for them. Every morning they went into the mountains looking for ore and gold. And in the evening, when they came back home, their meal had to be ready. During the day, the girl was alone. The good dwarves warned her, saying, Be careful about your stepmother. She will soon know that you are here. Do not let anyone in. Now the queen, believing that she had eaten Snow White's lungs and liver, could only think that she was again the first and the most beautiful woman of all. She stepped before her mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but Snow White beyond the mountains with the seven dwarves is still a thousand times fairer than you. This startled the queen, for she knew that the mirror did not lie, and she realized that the huntsman had deceived her and that Snow White was still alive. Then she thought, and thought again, how she could kill Snow White, for as long as she was not the most beautiful woman in the entire land, her envy would give her no rest. At last she thought of something. Coloring her face, she disguised herself as an old peddler woman, so that no one would recognize her. In this disguise, she went to the house of the seven dwarves. Knocking on the door, she called out, Beautiful wares for sale, for sale. Good day, dear woman. What do you have for sale? Good wares, beautiful wares, bodice laces in all colors. And she took out one that was braided from colorful silk. Would you like this one? I can let that honest woman in, thought Snow White. Then unbolted the door and bought the pretty bodice lace. Child, how you look! Come, let me lace you up properly. The unsuspecting Snow White stood before her and let her do up the new lace. But the old woman pulled so quickly and so hard that Snow White could not breathe. You used to be the most beautiful one, said the old woman and hurried away. Not long afterward, in the evening time, the seven dwarfs came home. How terrified they were when they saw their dear Snow White lying on the ground, not moving at all, as though she were dead. They lifted her up, and seeing that she was too tightly laced, they cut the lace in two. Then she began to breathe a little, and little by little she came back to life. When the dwarves heard what happened, they said, The old peddler woman was no one else but the godless queen. Take care and let no one in when we're not with you. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but Snow White beyond the mountains with the seven dwarves is still a thousand times fairer than you. When she heard that, all her blood ran to her heart because she knew that Snow White had come back to life. This time I shall think of something that will destroy you. Then, with the art of witchcraft, which she understood, she made a poison comb. Then she disguised herself, taking the form of a different old woman. Thus she went across the seven mountains to the seven dwarfs, knocked on the door, and called out, Good wares for sale, for sale. Go on your way. I am not allowed to let anyone in. You surely may take a look, said the old woman, pulling out the poison comb and holding it up. The child liked it so much that she let herself be deceived and she opened the door. After they had agreed on the purchase, the old woman said, Now let me comb your hair properly. She had barely stuck the comb into Snow White's hair when the poison took effect and the girl fell down unconscious. You specimen of beauty, now you are finished, said the wicked woman, and she walked away. Fortunately, it was almost evening, and the seven dwarfs came home. When they saw Snow White lying on the ground as if she were dead, they immediately suspected her stepmother. They examined her and found the poison comb. They had scarcely pulled it out when Snow White came to herself again and told them what had happened. Once again, they warned her to be on guard and not to open the door for anyone. Back at home, the queen stepped before her mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? 
You, my queen, are favored, it is true, but Snow White beyond the mountains with the seven dwarves is still a thousand times fairer than you. When the queen heard the mirror saying this, she shook and trembled with anger. Snow White shall die if it costs me my life! Then she went into her most secret room. No one else was allowed inside, and she made a poisoned apple. From the outside, it was beautiful, white with red cheeks, and anyone who saw it would want it. But anyone who might eat a little piece of it would die. Then, coloring her face, she disguised herself as a peasant woman, and thus went across the seven mountains to the seven dwarves. She knocked on the door, Snow White stuck her head out the window and said, I am not allowed to let anyone in. The dwarves have forbidden me to do so. That is all right with me. I'll easily get rid of my apples. Here, I'll give you one of them. No, I cannot accept anything. Are you afraid of poison? Look, I'll cut the apple in two. You eat the red half and I shall eat the white half. Now the apple had been so artfully made that only the red half was poisoned. Snow White longed for the beautiful apple. When she saw the peasant woman was eating part of it, she could no longer resist, and she stuck her hand out and took the poisoned half. She barely had a bite in her mouth when she fell to the ground, dead. The queen looked at her with a gruesome stare, laughed loudly, and said, White as snow, red as blood, black as ebony wood. This time the dwarfs cannot awaken you. Back at home, she asked her mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? You, my queen, are fairest of all. When the dwarfs came home that evening, they found Snow White lying on the ground. She was not breathing at all. She was dead. They lifted her up and looked for something poisonous. They undid her laces, they combed her hair, they washed her with water and wine, but nothing helped. The dear child was dead, and she remained dead. They laid her on a bier, and all seven sat next to her and mourned for her and cried for three days. They were going to bury her, but she still looked as fresh as a living person and still had her beautiful red cheeks. They said, We cannot bury her in the black earth. And they had a transparent glass coffin made, so she could be seen from all sides. They laid her inside and with golden letters wrote on it her name and that she was a princess. Then they put the coffin outside on a mountain and one of them always stayed with it and watched over it. The animals too came and mourned for Snow White. First an owl, then a raven, and finally a dove. Snow White lay there in the coffin a long, long time, and she did not decay, but looked like she was asleep, for she was still as white as snow, and as red as blood, and as black-haired as ebony wood. Now it came to pass that a prince entered these woods and happened on the dwarf's house, where he sought shelter for the night. He saw the coffin on the mountain with beautiful snow white in it, and he read what was written on it with golden letters. Then he said to the dwarves, Let me have the coffin. I will give you anything you want for it. We will not sell it for all the gold in the world. Then give it to me, for I cannot live without being able to see Snow White. I will honor her and respect her as my most cherished one. As he thus spoke, the good dwarfs felt pity for him and gave him the coffin. The prince had his servants carry it away on their shoulders. But then it happened that one of them stumbled on some brush. And this dislodged from Snow White's throat the piece of poisoned apple that she had bitten off. Not long afterwards, she opened her eyes, lifted the lid from her coffin, sat up, and was alive again. Good heavens, where am I? You are with me. I love you more than anything else in the world. Come with me to my father's castle. You shall become my wife. Snow White loved him, and she went with him. Their wedding was planned with great splendor and majesty. Snow White's godless stepmother was also invited to the feast. 
after putting on her beautiful clothes, she stepped before her mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who in this land is fairest of all? You, my queen, are fair, it is true, but the young queen is a thousand times fairer than you. The wicked woman uttered a curse, and she became so frightened that she did not know what to do. At first, she did not want to go to the wedding, but she found no peace. She had to go and see the young queen. When she arrived, she recognized Snow White, and terrorized, she could only stand there without moving. Then they put a pair of iron shoes into burning coals. They were brought forth with tongs and placed before her. She was forced to step into the red-hot shoes and dance until she fell down dead. the end for this week anyway i wanted to thank you all for listening you can find us on itunes twitter youtube tumblr and soundcloud you can also find us on digifox studios new network the fox playbox just type in foxplaybox.com you can find all of the shows in our network if you would be so kind as to like favorite and subscribe we would greatly appreciate it it does help us get up through the ranks so more people can find our show again guys thank you so much for listening and until next saturday I've been Bryce and Chris saying, have a good night and may all your endings be happy. And well, you know the rest. (laughs) 